0: the talking giants player profiles and projections and today we are starting off with a free agent signing out from the indianapolis colts wide receiver paris campbell who's six foot 208 pounds 26 years old signed a one-year deal up to 6.7 million dollars with three million guaranteed and it truly is i mean it's filled with incentives and last year was his only year playing a full season and and he produced pretty well you know wasn't you know producing top of the league but produced pretty well if you were to produce the same stats as last year, it'd be a one year, $5 million deal. So I, I would take that it's going to be on the under on that with the way that this wide receiver room is going to go. Maybe some will hit, but I think less total because he was kind of, you know, he was featured a lot in that quick gain Colts bad offense, but I think there's going to be mm-hmm. a lot more uh, mouths to feed in this Giants offense. But this was one that excited me because I remember in the 2019 draft, and especially that like going through Haskins tape, and I fell in love with Paris Campbell. And just as a fan of football through his first three seasons, it was very frustrating to watch him miss game after game after game. You know, he missed 34 of 49 games his first three seasons after being a second-round t- pick before playing 17 last year. 53%
1: and, of the games that he's played in his career came from 2022.
0: Yeah, yeah. More, more than half of his games played were from last season, in which he had 63 catches, 623 yards, three touchdowns on a 69% catch rate. All with the worst quarterback situation in the NFL last year. Uh, So I'm excited for him. We're watching him in training camp to start. He's being featured a good amount. You know, probably the most targeted wide receiver. Uh, I think this guy may not have the same speed that he did coming out of college because of the injuries, but someone who should be really a really exciting fit with Brian Dable and Mike Kafka.
1: And still a major upgrade speed-wise to the Giants roster compared to these oh, last yeah. few years anyway, even if he doesn't have the same speed as the Ohio State days. Um, a lot of people have been getting excited about, oh, this is a guy with explosive play potential. And I... I agree, like I think you'll see him targeted down the field a little bit, but if there, if Paris Campbell is going to be an explosive play guy for the Giants, it's going to be because he's catching the ball underneath, and then he's getting yards after the catch, which I do think... Which is what he did at Ohio State. Right, yeah, right, I guess right, how and I do think even successful. some of the games that I've watched with the Colts he seems to have a great feel for when to turn up the field when he's near the sideline instead of just going out of bounds kind of turning it upfield going towards midfield um, so many guys you know you, how many guys, how times do you see guys just sprint to the sideline they maybe leave yards after the catch onto the field excited to see what Campbell can do with the ball in his hands um, and he does get good separation even last year you know with that kind of with that kind of suspect suspect offense um, I have the numbers of separation I, right here I, I, I think 11th in yeah, yeah
0: 11th 11th in NFL next gen. I do think he's going to be used a lot in the yak game, you know, and I want to like compare him to Darius Slayton because Paris Campbell, I think is the best yak player on this team, not named Wondell Robinson. Right. Um, but last year he was 40th in yak per reception. Now I guess the more targets you get, you know, tar- the more targets you have, the more you are. But Darius Slayton, who never was like one of the worst in like he yak was per one of
1: the worst in the NFL at
0: yak, and he was year, not, he was was not plus. ninth in the NFL last year. So I think getting out of that Colts offense yeah. is really going to help him. And we just you know they've used him in some gadget plays, you know, speed sweeps, and we we've seen him do that. And even at camp so far with him. We've seen him lining up in the backfield. Like they're they're really going to like line him up in the backfield, and not just not like motioning in and you know he's running across the formation. Like no, they'll literally just line him up next to the quarterback. Mm -hmm. No motion, sits there, and then he'll run he'll run a route uh, going from there.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't think Paris Campbell's season like it's going to be fun to see him in those roles. But maybe you'll see that one to two times a game. But where I think you're going to have Paris Campbell that will be the main decider of him having a good year with the Giants or a bad year or kind of an indifferent year is what he does when he's targeted between that zero to nine yard range. So uh, I took a look at Paris Campbell yards per route run ranking within zero to nine yards, minimum of 45 targets. Richie James was ninth. Hey, we recognized last year that it was Daniel Jones that was really accurate with the ball, um, really taking advantage of the Brian Dable-Mike Kafka offense, and even Paris Campbell in an offense that wasn't that great last year with bad quarterback play. He was 14th. He wasn't far behind Richie James in the yards per route run category, but within zero to nine yards. I think the quick timing routes will help on early downs, especially with the mentality that the Giants had towards the last quarter of the season, and that even on third downs, you know, that's early downs, third downs, um, I think... The curls um, and selling routes vertically, but then even coming back and kind of turning around. I think Paris Campbell did that very well, kind of selling routes vertically. And if the Giants are running those deep curls, I think Paris Campbell can really fit there on third down.
0: And it's a weird fit for Paris Campbell because Paris Campbell is going to be used most primarily in the slaw. Now, I think there is outside value to him. I actually think his route running shows off more on the outside when he's able to use that speed and sell, sell vertical and work leverage more. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think in the – versus man coverage in the slot, I think that's where he struggles because there is some rawness to his route running through uh, all these years. Uh, but in the slot, like versus zone, I mean, what did he have? He had this seven, the – he was the sixth highest uh, catch rate versus zone last year. 40th verse man so you see the difference there why is that though uh I think it's because he needs work tempoing his releases and using cell to separate verse man in the quick game and then verse zone he's just so quick and Indy you know they got the ball out quick because they had Matt Ryan as their quarterback that they would get the ball to him quick and that's why he's had success there I think he's gonna play more in the slot but you also are gonna like, I, I see some big plays like Richie James was the slot receiver last year and even it even Wondell, you, you can't put him out on the outside and put, run him on a post. Right? You can't put him on an outside and put him on an eighteen-yard yeah. comeback. Paris Campbell, you can. There he's is 6'1", that flexibility right? there, and he can create. Yeah, It's not even just the size; it's just has got that speed with yeah. so a little bit of size um, to where I, I think he's a smart guy, and they are truly going to work to use him a ton. Like yeah, I'm for sure I'm excited to see Paris Campbell. You know, like. Th- If he is the leader in receptions and yards, I don't think, at least for the wide receivers, I don't think anyone is shocked. Right.
1: Um, One more stat I want to bring up, and then we'll get to a little bit of a projection question. Uh, 40% of his targets last year came from the short center and intermediate center part of the field. Um, And something that was missing from the Giants offense last year was utilizing the middle of the field, basically almost at all levels. Everything was so much centered towards the sideline. You know, hey, Daniel Jones rolling out, you know, the play action rollouts in those boots. You're not typically throwing the ball back towards the middle of the field and those hash, you know, towards the middle of the field you're throwing towards the sideline and the Giants really didn't utilize the middle part of the field so I think Paris Campbell will hopefully be part of that answer that we can get more versatile in terms of uh, Daniel Jones' spray chart and where we're targeting across the field so here's my question to you as we heard the beat has hyped up Paris Campbell in the spring and then I think that's followed with You know, fans see the highlights of Paris Campbell from the Colts and even hearing the reports from the spring. There are a lot of people very excited about Paris Campbell. And I've gotten more excited as other people have gotten excited. Do we think that fans and maybe us, we are overhyping Paris Campbell a little bit? Yes,
0: a little bit. And also, because he played 17 games last year. Yeah. I'm still worried about injuries with him. I mean, in 2021, he had a foot sprain and an ab sprain. In 2020, he had a PCL and MCL sprain. In 2019, his rookie year, he broke his foot. I'm not really worried about him breaking his foot again. But, like, he's missed, you know,
1: besides last year, he missed 34 of 49 games. Yeah. Uh, And and Dalton Philly, our our Colts guy at the office, he's a Colts fan, he's a big football fan. He basically, like, didn't have a major reaction to Campbell. You know, getting a deal with the Giants and kind of leaving the Colts because he just mentioned that whole thing of you know 32 career games, 17 of them came in 2022, and this is his fifth year in the league.
0: And he needs to improve on his route running from the slot. Like you know, watch him run routes in the slot and watch Cole Beasley. There's a difference now. Paris Campbell has speed and and things that Cole Beasley can't do, and size and ability to go on the outside. But that's where he's going to be primarily used. And But you go and, like, go watch him with some Carson Wentz with the Colts, where they played him on the outside. Because you look at his per year, last year he played 77% in the slot. In 2021, he only played 9% in the slot. The year before, 95%, and then his rookie year, 48%. So he's alternated every year from slot and outside being his primarily. I think this year it'd probably be, you know, 68%. You know, slot 32% outside or, or however you want to line it up. Mm-hmm. But you go watch him, like some stuff with Wentz, he really uses a vertical cell to like influence and get open. Yep. Like there's some really good route running out there, which is like, you know, that's something that speed allows you to do. Where it's like if there was, if he was slower with the same ability, he's not getting open on those. But because he's able to use that vertical yep. cell and there is a threat, you can get there. And then you remember the game versus the Giants, the only play the Colts really made was a deep post Contessa where catch. Paris Campbell went up and got it, you know, in the early, when Nick Foles just threw it up to him. So there is some more ability, like, ability out there. Um, and, again, you can use them in gadget plays where you weren't using that from your slot wide receiver, in Richie James last year. Wandale, you could, but but Richie, you couldn't. So um, I'm going to tell you something, though. So it's a very low-risk deal, and that's why yeah. it's like – it's a low-risk deal for a risky player, but also a high-reward
1: player. Right, right. And I want to – I know we're running a little long. This is a luxury point, but – a very specific play I want to see run with Campbell, Slayton, and hell, let's maybe even just throw Hyatt out there. And I don't know if the Giants have had the speed to do it consistently the last couple of years. And that's Mesh. Ran it a little bit at Ohio State, was seeing some highlights where that, you know, some people were highlighting that. That's a play, like, with yak potential. Do you, do you agree? Like, Absolutely. hey, let's get it. It's a staple of the
0: Giants playbook.
1: Love it. So, yeah, I think Campbell, you know, that's a play, if that's a staple of the Giants playbook, Campbell kind of adds that. Um, and also, you clipped Paris Campbell up from this past offseason. I thought this answer was pretty insightful, and it's rare to hear how honest players are. This was during the spring. Campbell just turned 26, signed the one-year deal, very incentive-heavy. He talked about this spring how he thought that his free agent market would be more than what it was, but then said... Yeah, you know, I kind of get it because I'm an injury-prone player. So, um, another player on a one-year deal for the Giants, who is hopefully going to be hungry this year to get more money after this year.
0: Yeah, and I can see him having a good season and then going and getting a bigger deal than yeah. the Giants who were on the offer. Because like, That's hey, a win we, for the Giants. We like you, but we you know we want to go out and you know we want to develop Wandale and stuff. So it's really a nice uh, deal to have for him. You know, like Paris can like so Paris Campbell was like pre-free agency. I was like, I like him, but I don't know if he's going to be a target because I I think. There's just too much risk with signing him, and then you look at the contract and how incentive laden in it yeah. is. It's like, oh, there's it. there's there's really no risk on this deal. We also thought that the wide receiver market was going to explode, and really
1: it didn't.
0: Yeah. So, all right, that's Paris Campbell. Now, on the defensive side, we talk about his Colts counterpart and the big splash in free agency because Darren Waller was a trade. Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker, six foot one, two hundred forty pounds, twenty seven years old. The Giants, uh, the highest, the biggest, uh, you know, free agent signing that Joe Shane has made in his two years as the Giants GM, signed him to a four year, forty million dollar contract with twenty two million dollars guaranteed. So essentially, two years guaranteed. But I, I hope that he plays out this contract because that was really good value for him. Last year had one hundred fifty one tackles, six tackles for a loss. The year before, one hundred thirty two tackles three tackles for loss and two interceptions a very fast and athletic good not great linebacker right and he was paid that way Bobby Okereke is immediately a huge upgrade to the Giants but I think there's really room for growth for him to grow as a processor with that athleticism I remember when we talked about him when we signed him I was like Bobby Okereke for most teams, you don't look at him as a, a defense-changing player. For the New York Giants, he is, because linebacker was their worst position on the team last season, where he is a defense-changing player because of how important he is. And obviously got paid as a good, not great linebacker. But with that speed, that athleticism, he's not the strongest guy in the world, but he's strong enough. I think if he can grow as a processor, he can really become more of a playmaker.
1: Yeah, yeah. My notes, fast, athletic, long. Arm length in the 98th percentile With that 34 and a half inch wingspan um, I saw somewhere that his athletic profile Is comparable to Aziz Ojolari That's a note that I had down um, When we signed him as a free agent Was tied for 16th in run stops 21st in run stop rate right this past year um, And I have closing speed as like Plus plus, you know, I think that's going to be his his biggest key, and that's going to be the way that he's going to be able to to win this year. Um, I know we're gonna we're not moving to coverage yet. I'll save some of the coverage. Yeah, we'll steps save coverage for the last. But the
0: coverage is fun.
1: But Okereke generated seventy five defensive stops in two thousand twenty two. That was tied for the tenth most among all linebackers. The Giants linebackers combined for eighty seven defensive stops last season. Nineteen fewer than any other. Defense, which is kind of kind of crazy, kind of wild. Uh, he has a tendency to force some fumbles. Uh, two forced fumbles in the open field this past year, one against the Giants and Darius Slayton. So let me ask you, let me ask you this, Bobby, just about Bobby Okereke as a player. I have two questions for you. Does Bobby Okereke's strengths as a player match with the weaknesses of some of the Giants linebackers from last year? And what did the Giants linebackers struggled with last year? And how is O Bobby o- and how is Bobby o- going to improve those areas?
0: So coverage, he's a huge upgrade. Now the Giants struggled where he excels is versus zone runs, and mm-hmm. we can go like zone, then gap, and then coverage. Where he excels is zone runs. Like go watch the Tennessee Titans uh, versus the Colts. Like he was he was laying the wood and getting run stops versus uh, Derrick Henry because he just he sees it, he gets downhill quickly. And he's got that close, like that closing speed that you said. That he like in zone is obviously a lot easier to read, but he gets in there and he screws up offensive lines. You know, combo combo to linebacker blocks because of how fast he is. Uh, you know, he can uh, he can get low and like get through creases and like just wins with speed and angles. You know, not the greatest block shedder in the world, but uh, he also doesn't get like blown up or can't disengage uh, from guys, and he just doesn't miss tackles. But versus gap, which is what the Giants really struggled at, he is a huge improvement because at least he's not in the wrong place, right? Mm. with Bobby O'Crickke Bobby versus you know these gap runs, he's not in the wrong spot, but he's also not going to be a big playmaker versus those runs, because and you see that in the low tackle for loss numbers, because he's just like he's like a speck. Like he's just, he's not the greatest diagnoser of, of plays in the world. And That's where you see linebackers really become the great ones is that, man, they, they just know what you're doing. They know where you're running and they are there before you, before the offense is. And again, he's not in the wrong place in those spots, but he's not, he's not there a step or two early and blowing up those plays. And that's why he doesn't have the, you know, the big high tackle for loss numbers that we see in some of the better linebackers
1: uh, in the NFL. Where do runs with uh, misdirection fall into that? Because um, that was a big thing the Giants struggled with last year, right? Yeah. It, a gap runs,
0: there's a lot of counters and stuff with that. Uh, again, he's in the right place. Yeah. He's in the right place where our, our other linebackers would be go. Yeah. Where he's like, go. You know, yeah. <laughs> so And having the
1: athleticism plus also I, I think the arm length matters. And I think having big arm, you know, especially if you're gonna try and even just slow a guy down so the rest of the herd and the rest of the defense can can get there and swarm the ball. I, I think that's huge, and I think that's really important. And also having the improved defensive line and the depth that we have at defensive line should hopefully make Bobby O'Karake's job easier as well.
0: There's three things and I know this isn't a Show about how the Giants can stop the run this year. There's three things. One, the, the interior depth, you know, where last year they were putting Ryder Anderson out there and he would just get washed down by tackles. Kayvon becoming a, a more consistent edge setter. That can, that can help. And then obviously Bobby O'Kara is, yeah. is going to improve it. Um, we can talk about him in coverage and then we, we can still do even do a little green dot at the end. His coverage ability, to me, is really, really nice. And you see that against on running backs, on those flare routes, that like it's not the most you know complex thing in the world but those choice routes can be you know they they can get linebackers in trouble and he is just beautiful where he just stays square man like you do not get him to sell one way and then you go the other if you're an offensive player where he keeps your hips squares he's patient and then when you make that break and you declare he is getting in that hip and undercutting and being able to like get you know pass breakups and get his hands on the ball and then obviously that comes with one reading the play and having the iq for that but the great speed and agility that he has um you know he picks up screens uh, exceptionally well you know and like versus the giants he was on saquon duty that he game That's, saquon Barkley up that was when the giants had moved towards the end of the year where they were involving saquon as the flat in their stick concept and trying to get just trying to just get the ball in the saquon's hand outside of handing uh, the ball up the sure. gut because it wasn't working at that point yep And Saquon Barkley, who was having good receiving outputs, you know, the few weeks before that, had two catches for negative five yards in that game. One was was a a screen and then another like a zero yard gain on a flat. And he was just like they were stopping from, uh, you know, them from throwing the flat on that route, which, you know, versus the Vikings and the commanders that they were throwing that a ton. Uh, and he was able to shut him down. So I think he's a really intelligent player. And then you uh, in coverage, and you include that with the speed and agility. Uh, I think he's. I mean, he's he's a really damn good linebacker. Like he's a yep. really solid linebacker. But I, again, I do want to see growth from him. He's very. I mean, he, what is he? Tw- he's twenty seven years old. Yeah. But I, I want. To, I do want to see growth from him, especially in a Wink Martindale defense that asks asks you to do a lot more. At the linebacker spot than your traditional defenses.
1: Yeah. And the Colts asked him to do a lot in coverage. Where a lot sometimes I feel like linebacker coverage numbers, we know that they're suspect. You know, it's even like with especially, safeties, the this, you know, the numbers can be a little especially suspect. Especially
0: in a Colts defense where it's like you're dropping into zone and you're letting everything get go underneath.
1: But they asked him to do a lot, and I think that's like the point where Bobby O'Kerrika, he was testing really a lot in 2022 facing the most targets of any linebacker. And I'm sure there are some people that look at that and be like, oh, you know, if you're getting targeted, that means that the guys you're covering are open. I kind of think it's the Colts were trusting him to – you know, do a certain thing or do a certain task to, to stop whatever the game plan dictated that week. But Okarake held his own. And this is the number that impresses, that impresses me most and that you have to contextualize with the targets. I like minus 2.3 receptions over expected and 5.9 yards per target. That's the stuff that matters. So good on Okarake. He's good in coverage. Excited to see what he's going to do this year in blue. Last thing.
0: We are f- about a few days into camp. Green Dot, Bobby Okereke, Xavier McKinney. Have you changed your opinion at all?
1: Uh, my opinion was O'Karake, right? Yeah, and then you were McKinney. No, I was I Okereke strongly. Oh, you were. O'K- oh, yeah. I I think I'm Okereke strongly. Did I did
0: was I was I the other way around a couple weeks ago? No, I think you were Okereke. I just wanted to get yeah. get it on the record on his player profile O'Kirake. projection. My reasoning for that is just I want McKinney one to just focus on playing yeah, his be position, a playmaker. being a playmaker. Yeah, and you know I understand. And this linebacker is not coming off the field where under right. like last year. And I know Wink did it. Uh, you know, who was the last linebacker? I forget. I think it's CJ Mosley was the last linebacker. He had to do the green dot in Baltimore. Uh, you're not Bobby O'Kara should not be coming off the field for nope. any. There's no package where he should be coming off the field. Nope. Not, a, not a single one. So he's always going to be on the field. He is that middle person uh, between the you know the first and third levels of the defense. In this you know well, he's he, him being in the second level, I think he's an extremely intelligent uh, player, and I, I just I want that being his role. I want him counting the number of guys on the on on the field at one time. I don't want touchdowns given up where we have ten guys on the field. Yeah, so. having a lot. All right, that's a player profile and projection. We'll be back tomorrow with the regular podcast. See you then. Until then, let's go big blue.